This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Best Bet Show, all made possible by Field of 68, sponsored by Bet Rivers. I'm Matthew Cox. This is the Weave Contingent coming at you hot. Uh, Jim has hijacked, swagger jacked my black, um, you know, dark, gloomy hat look. Uh, Kai still adorning his very freshly cut. Mm. Do Kyle go to you first, and then I'll let Jim lament what was okay. maybe the worst beat in the history of college basketball betting last night. Yeah, I did have that written down. The UC San Diego beat. Jim can talk about it if, if it's on his list. It. I'm not going to. Don't worry. Okay, I'll talk about it. UC San Diego was up 18 with 11 minutes to go. Uh, and then they, well, they they gave they gave away the game in spectacular fashion. Suffice to say, they were up there down by three, throwing the ball in with one second left. They threw it right to the other team. The guy shot a three instead of just, you know, holding it. And it banked in, went in, lost by six. So if you were a plus three, plus three and a half holder, you got screwed. I saw uh, people on Twitter that were UC Riverside minus three and a half holders celebrating. I was like, man, wow, must be nice. That stuff tends to even out over the year, but we always remember the beats and not the and not the wins. A couple other bad beats, but we don't have to go into it. Jim, your takeaways. Uh, yeah, that one hurt, Kai. I don't really want to talk about it much. Um, UConn is now three games back in the Big East in the loss column behind Providence and Xavier. Not really what we expected entering. They're also two behind Marquette. Like, they're middle of the pack Big East. It doesn't feel right. I know they've had a pretty stiff schedule to start with. Uh, they played at Xavier, at Marquette, at Providence. Like, that's about as tough as it gets so far. But it's weird to see UConn kind of falling back towards the pack a little bit. Uh, that's it, though. I didn't have a ton of takeaways from last night, Matthew. Let's get into today. Let's do it. Uh, we're starting off in Big Ten country. A lot of West Coast games tonight. So if you're looking to tune into the best of the best, you'll have to uh, have an extra cup of Joe, <laughs> right, Kai? In the afternoon, to stay up and catch that action. But hey, we're going <laughs> to stay point. in the Midwest, the Hoops Heartland. I'm going to Iowa, hosting Michigan. The Wolverines are slowly, but somewhat mm-hmm. surely, rounding into form um, after the Maryland demolition. Uh, took care of business against Penn State, laid an egg somewhat against Michigan State, although I watched that game. I know the ball movement was a little bit stagnant. It just couldn't make a shot. I think Michigan's kind of fine, Kai. That's the general premise of my take here. Mm. I like the Wolverines on the road. What are your thoughts? Yeah, boy, this line took off, huh? From the opener, it got up to six. It's five and a half at Bet Rivers. I think it was McCaffrey news, so he is playing tonight. That's been confirmed. Oh, is that, uh, that's is what that I think what it is. is. I saw on the write-up, look, a Hawk Central, he's going to play, or he's available. I think, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of... Guess that was the case. Um, but I always looked more itself the last two games without McCaffrey. Without him. Yep. Uh, I'm not saying he was the reason they looked better, but 
Um, they're certainly not hopeless anymore when they looked like against EIU. But Michigan's no pushover, man. You just said Michigan's rounding into form. I totally agree. Now it's just their third true road game of the year. Iowa's a very tough place to play, but Michigan did win here last season. They can do it. Can Rabracha handle Dickinson? I don't think so. And Michigan has a few options to try to slow Murray down. They have a lot of long forwards to throw at him. I lean Michigan. I think the spread's too high at five and a half. I think these teams are closer to even on a neutral floor, Jim. Yep, I agree. Um, I think Iowa's, they looked awesome against Rutgers because they're like this pretty continuous ball movement, uh, off-ball motion. And Rutgers is really awesome against like dribble drive because they have unbelievable on-ball defenders uh, and great rim protectors. But they're able to cut up Rutgers with that motion. Michigan's kind of the opposite defensively. They're horrific against dribble drive. Like they can't keep anybody in front of them. And that's not really what I was going to do. They're going to try to move the ball around and and try to like get your defense impatient and stop guarding cuts. Eventually. Uh, I I don't think that's going to affect Michigan quite as much. Um, They're not going to put Dickinson in ball screens quite as frequently as teams that have really taken advantage of, of Michigan's defense. So yeah, I would lean towards Michigan as well. Uh, It seems a little bit high to me uh, with you guys. I think it should be more like three and a half is, is my perception of what the line should be. Yeah, I think the Michigan poor offensive performance last game um, and the local reporting like really put a damning view on it, like one of the worst offense performances in Juwan Howard era. It's like, I mean, Michigan State just a defended very well, but I think moving into this matchup against Iowa where you can really move the ball easily, play in transition, I think that kind of jumpstarts Michigan's offense, right? And I think they prioritize Dickinson inside. I hope they get a steady diet of low post touches. So I think the Wolverines are the right side. Consensus, Weebling, sounds like to start us off. Uh, Kai, we're heading out west for what probably is the game of the night here. BYU, the Marriott Center, will be rocking as Gonzaga comes to town. Mark Pope and the Storm and Mormons. This feels like the absolute home run, home dog spot of all spots. Um, or is it a buy low on the Zags who have kind of been playing with their food on the road in WCC so far? They have. They're behind St. Mary's now in Kempom. Very notable. That that's probably hasn't happened in a decade or something like that. Uh, they are 0-2 against the spread in the last two games. They kind of snuck by San Francisco and Santa Clara on the road. BYU, obviously a tough place to play. The last time BYU beat Gonzaga was in 2020 when they had Yoli Childs, TJ Hawes. Not a bad team, that squad. Yeah, this Court Rush, same, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah this isn't the same player. BYU team. Um, their size is an issue. Trior is thick, but he's not tall. Waterman is stretchy. He's not going to stop anyone in the post. I don't see BYU scoring easily against Gonzaga on the other end. Their inability to shoot really hurts them. This is the worst Mark Pope offense since 2017 Utah Valley. They're ranked 177th in the country. Previous BYU teams were 50, 23, and 7. I kind of lean Gonzaga here, actually, but the line's climbed a little bit too high. Six and a half, too much for me to lay. Uh, I'm staying off. I just I think this Gonzaga team's really mortal. That's, that's kind of what I've come to. Uh, I know that BYU's defense is bad. I, I acknowledge that. I actually didn't realize it was 177th. That's, that's really yeah. bad. But Gonzaga's defense is not very good. They don't stop a lot of people. They don't uh, make it difficult on drivers. They don't have a rim protector. Uh, it's kind of vulnerable. And BYU, while well, like you said, they've struggled. They've been a little bit better with Rudy Williams as the spark plug off the bench and Dallin Hall being like the starting point guard, more of a steady presence there. We'll see. Spencer Johnson back also helps BYU. I'm with Matt. I, I kind of just think BYU gets way, way up for this game. And because it's not this like impenetrable Gonzaga monster on the other side, then it's going to be close, just like the Santa Clara road game, just like the San Francisco one. Uh, I would lean towards BYU if anything, but I did not bet it. Um, yeah, I'm torn in this game. I like the over. I think it's a lot of points. It's been bet up to 153. It opened 150. So um, 
I think the pace will be pretty fast as most Gonzaga games are. BYU's been a little more willing to run and they have been pressuring a little more too. So I think that probably induces some fast paced, quick uh, buckets or turnovers going the other way. But yeah, 153 is a little too high. So I can't I think or set at the current number. These games usually play high possession, really high, high possession. possession. BYU, I think just juiced yep. up energy. Yeah, I totally buy that. Um, all right, staying out west uh, in Mountain Land, Southern Utah hosting Sam Houston State. Yes, we have a whack showdown that is adorned in the first part of our rundown today. But uh, I believe this is the battle between the top two teams atop the WAC leaderboard at the moment. Sam Houston was a non-conference darling, Mr. McKeon. Hmm. Southern Utah has been quietly uh, on a tear of their own. They have a uh, a litany of shot makers and uh, offensive firepower. Tevian Jones is their star. What are your thoughts on this matchup here? Looking at a spread. Oh, what is Pick. it? Pick. My goodness, it's been bet down. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, I got a good number. I, I I bet SCU Southern Utah plus two line has seemed down to pick. Uh, fading Sam Houston's not fun. I'll say that. And, I, and Southern Utah really hasn't been on a tear. They've been a little bit disappointing this year. I think actually, actually. kind of slowed down recently. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam Houston rocks, but there are a couple factors I think Southern Utah can have an advantage or at least win here. Experience and talent. Uh, they're very old. They're very talented. And like I said, they are underachieving at home against a really good opponent who's who's pretty high up in the whack standings. Your hope your hope is that they're up for this game. They're also should live at the line. Um, they're sixth in the country in free throw attempt rate. Sam Houston, 313th in free throw attempt rate allowed. And Southern Utah's pretty good free throw shooters as well. They're going to make him when they get there. I am worried about turnovers. You always have to be against Sam Houston. And I'm worried about shot making. Sam Houston tends not to miss threes. Hopefully that comes down a bit today. I'm leaning towards the Thunderbirds here, Jim. Pick. Probably stay away, but uh, still lean their way. Yeah, I'm I'm a little closer to punching back, but it just kind of comes down to how it's refed because it's mm-hmm. like, are these going to be turnovers or are they going to be fouls when Sam Houston mm-hmm. pressures? If they're turnovers, Sam Houston gets easy buckets going the other way, like derails the efficiency of Southern Utah. But if there's a lot of ticky-tack type, type stuff, like you said, the Thunderbirds could take 40 free throws in this game. Like, And the fact that it's at Southern Utah, that scares me even more like just for how it could be refed. Um, so that's keeping me away from from Sam Houston here. If this was at Sam Houston, I'd probably back uh, the Bearcats because maybe a little bit more of a friendly whistle, but that's really what it comes down to, Matt. I, I think that's a huge, huge part of this matchup. No one goes into Cedar City, comes out unscathed, baby. Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Home cooking. Shouts to our King Jason Cheeseman, uh, one of our all-time favorite <laughs> college troopers. That's a deep cut reference. I'm sure no one will get that. But hey, let's continue on down the rundown. And hey, lo and behold, another obscure slash mid slash low major matchup here, Jim. UNC Asheville is hosting Longwood, the top two dogs in the big South. Uh, it's basically the better team versus the best player type of handicap for me here. Drew Pember on UNC Asheville is a cheat code in that conference, but Longwood has been basically running rough shot over everyone in that league the last year and a half now under Griff Aldridge. What gives tonight? Uh, I kind of think it's going to be a shootout. It feels like I don't really know how either team stops the other one. Um, especially with Leslie N still out for uh, for Longwood. That's a you know maybe a decent guy to guard Drew Pember. Not that there's any great matchup for him in this league, uh, but I think Asheville can shoot over the top of that compressed, uh, really, really tightly packed Longwood defense. And then if you have to come out on shooters, Pember can go nuts inside. But then I think Longwood can spread out uh, Asheville and, and get into driving gaps and score that way too. So uh, I, would, I would lean towards the over from a total perspective. Also kind of like Longwood. I just think betting them against Big South competition is better than not. Um, it's scary mm-hmm. because, like you said, Pember's the best player in this league by far. But uh, I still lean towards Griff, Kai, uh, the Aldrich boys, and the Lancers. 
Yeah, Longwood's a wagon in the Big South. They're they're four and zero straight up, three and one against the spread. They're a tough team to fade in this league. Asheville does have the best player, like you said, he's the best player in the league. But they've been so up and down this year. I have not been impressed with them. They're hard to peg. The line does feel a touch high at three three and a half. But Longwood's going to cause turnovers here. They first they forced fourteen last season, Matt, against Asheville in a sixty one possession game. Yeah, it was a gross crawl. Yeah. They also have a huge glass edge. They they grabbed 44% of their misses last year against Asheville. Probably going to get something similar. They're just a tougher team. Uh, Griff Aldrich, fantastic coach, probably the best in the Big South. And I'm scared to fade Longwood. So staying off this one. Yep, staying away as well. I just, Jim, you mentioned, Kai, you mentioned the Longwood, you know, that's sort of a creme de la creme in these low major conferences. Don't want to fade those teams. Colgate, Um because there's not other many examples, but those are the two, I think, best examples to, to I guess, steer clear of. Tread lightly when you're looking to fade those teams. Make sure you have a good spot or situational reason. Uh, hey, chat mob round one approached quickly. Let's get to it. Who's czaring today? I don't think I've even anointed a czar. Jim, do it. Um, do it. We are holstering Northern uh, Kentucky and Milwaukee for best bets. We'll get to that. Uh, also holstering Florida Gulf Coast and Eastern Kentucky for best bets. So those will be touched on later. Uh, but Matt, we're going to start with you. CAA battle, kind of a gross one. Drexel and Stony Brook from the Renzo Bros. Uh, we've got Drexel, a road favorite of about five points. What do you got? Uh, I did lean Drexel uh, coming off a 32-point beatdown of Monmouth, which you know I think everyone's going to beat Monmouth by 32. But I think they're actually pretty good. I think they defend. They're pretty athletic. And Stony, while they're starting to improve, uh, I thought the line was a little bit short. It's been bet up to minus five, though, so I'm not going to play it at minus five. All right, Kai, we'll go to the A-Sun, place you love. You love to reside. Uh, Central Arkansas is getting 12 points on the road at Queens. Is mm-hmm. that too many points, or is Queens just this kind of unbelievable juggernaut? Queens is definitely unbelievable, but that does feel like too many points. This league is not – there's not that much difference between the good teams and the bad teams besides Liberty, in my opinion. I think Central Arkansas can hang around 12 and a half. I, I lean their way. All right, Matthew, Sun Belt couple or at least one new team here old dominion is a seven point favorite at home against coastal carolina too high too low what say you uh gut felt high i'll be honest um just given old dominion doesn't profile as a great large favorite and coastal is i mean i think they're competent not as good as last year but they're competent albeit erratic uh they can throw some weird junk defenses and maybe take odu out of what they want to do on offense so i guess i'd lean coastal but nothing strong all right, Kai from the court. Does Nichols minus eleven on the road at Lamar <clears throat> smoke Lamar? They should smoke them. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed in, in Lamar for competing with Sela the other day. Um, Nichols hasn't been like super awesome this season in, in the South End, which we're kind of accustomed to seeing. But they should be able to handle Lamar. I would lean their way. All right, Matt to the summit. Potentially the best or second, excuse me, second best team in this league, St. Thomas. Getting a point and a half on the road at UMKC. I don't know if I love Marvin Menzies as much as a favorite. I think he's a frustrating underdog. Look at what they did against Oral Roberts over the weekend. Right. Yep. Uh, do you trust them here laying a point and a half against the Tommies? I felt low. I can't believe I'm actually leaning toward the Tommies. It's like the first time in the Tommies D1 existent that I, I lean their way. Um, but but I do. I didn't take it because I don't trust St. Thomas away from home. Um, a southern or Akin to Southern Indiana, USI, these newer D1 teams tend to be a lot better home than on the road. I tend to think they're a good fade away from their own building. But just a stupid anecdote of mine, I guess. All right, Kai, back to the A-Sun. Best team in the league, Liberty, just dropped a relatively surprising game. They're now minus 17 at home against North yeah. Alabama. Do they get back on the blowout schedule here? I thought it was crazy high, but I did not play it. 
uh, for reasons similar to the Longwood angle. Liberty tends to dominate this conference, so they did fall short last game. All right, Matt, to the OVC, where SEMO and SIUE have kind of emerged as the best two teams here. SEMO now laying 10, a total of 144.5. Jay Letterman asked if this is going to be a shootout. What do you think? Yeah, I feel over is the first thing that that popped. Um, If you're a Mizzou fan, you watch both Lindenwood and SEMO play, you know they can score, although Mizzou certainly helps teams uh, score points in that frenetic second half, which they play. They they tend to help a little bit. But I do like SEMO on the side slightly, and I like the total a little more. Yeah, I think yeah. Lindenwood can control pace a little more at home. When they're on the road, they tend to ping pong a little bit, get, get a lot more points going. Uh, Kai, I don't know why you're just living in the A-Sun, but lucky That's you okay. get to. Yes. Uh, Jacksonville getting three and a half at Kennesaw. Ted Spencer, I think he's, he leaned towards the Owls. Uh, what do you think there? I lean towards the Dolphins. Um, a preseason would have jumped all over this. I did take three and a half for Jacksonville a little bit. Um yeah, I, I think they're the better team still. Kennesaw did beat Jacksonville last season. They're a very good team. You have to worry about their ability to defend and cause turnovers. But Jacksonville should be better in this league about uh, uh, beating teams up up front and hanging around. I, I think they can win win this game outright. Three and a half sounds good. Yeah, I got Marsh back last game. Or Marsh back. Recently. He should be rounding into form. Uh, Matt, the other OBC team I mentioned, SIUE, a minus seven and a half favorite at Eastern Illinois. I'll just say I thought this was low. I just think Eastern Illinois is still a little inflated. I agree. I think SIUE is like legit, legit too. Um, like their talent's no joke. The way they've upgraded it through JUCO and other um, – and the transfer portal, they're well coached. I think they're on a mission. They kind of have like that immunity to road letdowns because they're kind of in this upswing of a program and they're really trying to win the conference. So, yeah, I like SIUE on the road. No, home should be relatively minimal here too. All right, Kai gets one more A-Sun, Matt gets one more OVC, and then we'll go back to the outline. Uh, actually, we're holstering the other A-Sun question. So, Kai, instead you get a whack question. Uh, Seattle is minus four at home against New Mexico State. Mm. Mexico State winless in this league. Do they finally put up a fight and get a cover? I kind of lean their way tonight. I, it's baffling that they're winless in the whack, a conference they've dominated the last few years. Uh Seattle hasn't been a, a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, four seems a tad high. Lean towards New Mexico State. All right, Matt, your last one in the OVC, you kind of uh, alluded to this team earlier when talking about the Tommies. Southern Indiana laying seven at home against Little Rock. Pat Taylor's question here. I like Southern Indiana. I think they smoke them, but what do you think? Yeah, I like the over more than anything here. I think both teams will struggle to stop the other. Southern Indiana can get in some shootouts, and Little Rock, uh, I mean, both teams – when the game gets up and down, they just like lean all the way into it. We've seen it both in a few spots this year. 155, it's a big number, but I think it goes over actually in a conference game. All right. Uh, I've got a few more questions here. Some from the Big Sky, WCC, Big Ten, Horizon, uh, plenty more to get to later on. But we'll go back to the outline here, Matthew, for the Big Pac-12 section. All Pac-12, second stanza, Kai. West, we shall head and we go to L.A., La La Land, a place you've been before in person. Sure have. The rowdy, crazy top the 10. Center. The Galen's an absolute, I mean, like just a relic of college basketball venues, right? <laughs> uh, so that will play it's host. Terrible. It's it's terrible, right? It's just an old cavernous, <laughs> random, nondescript stadium. Um, not many people show up there, but there will be, uh, I guess, enough to host a game. Colorado's coming to town. I don't really have a strong angle on this game. I thought the opener was a little bit low. What are your thoughts? Three and a half is the current number. Yeah, game got slammed quick. Uh, I, I was leaning USC at minus two and a half. It quickly got bet to three and a half, four. It's three and a half right now. I, I'm not super excited to bet 
USC, I, I just think it's a good bounce back spot for them after two road losses. Um, they haven't been home since December 18th against Auburn. So this is their first home game in almost a month. And Colorado's not the same team on the road. They lost to Grambling by nine, Wazoo by 10, Cal of all teams by four. They did beat Stanford, but Stanford's a different beast. And USC is very hard to score against inside. They're 19th in the country, excuse me, they're 17th in the country in field goal percentage allowed at the rim. And Colorado needs to get to the rim to score. They're not a very good shooting team. I think USC size all over the court can be a real problem for them. The line's a touch high, Jim, but I still lean towards the Trojans here. Yeah, I don't love the matchup at all for Colorado. Um, coaching splits, un- unsurprisingly, Tad Boyle, 10 and 5 against the spread against Enfield. That yep. makes sense given our perceptions. I thought that would skew more towards, oh, he's dominant at home in the mountains. He's actually 6-1 and one against the spread at the Galen Center, um, Colorado is. So they've been really good ATS on the road here. But given the spot and the the matchup concerns that Kai cited, I think this is uh, – sit this one out, Matthew. Uh, let's continue. Um, yeah, no thoughts. Like that. Real no thoughts. thoughts in this game, wow. really. No. I did lean USC. I was supposed to track that. I was trying to catch up on some chat mob – interactions here um yeah sorry guys george has passed out here i know people are clamoring to see the pup again but he's uh he's not going to make an appearance let's head to the pack northwest uh to the uh the pit where oregon is hosting arizona state jimbo oregon getting healthier um but are they getting better is the question here and uh, this number is certainly interesting it's arizona state team which is awesome but have they peaked is my question yeah maybe i think arizona state's probably a little overvalued and we've seen Hurley do this before kind of swoon in league play Oregon I have some questions about too though because man they they seem to ebb and flow effort wise really big time like that mountain trip not putting up any sort of a fight in the first leg and then winning the second leg I fear there might be some look ahead to hosting Arizona like Saturday maybe that's the game Oregon cares about more or it could be like last year when Oregon kind of re-announced themselves with the road sweep of the LA schools and looked fantastic uh, maybe they sweep the Arizona schools and kind of reannounce themselves as an at-large contender. I don't know, Kai. Uh, tough for me to tell. I would probably lean towards Oregon here, uh, just given the talent and the healthier aspect that they have going on, but um, not strong enough to bet it. Yeah, the Ducks are weird, man. I don't trust them. You you alluded to the mountain trip. They lost by 27 to Colorado and then beat Utah by 10 two days later. I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, Keyshawn Bartholomew has a chance to play tonight for Oregon. He's been out for a long time. He's a game changer. He can run point, move Will Richardson off the ball, improve their guard depth. I really think the Ducks team, this Ducks team is going to improve when he gets back in the lineup. Now, he's not going to be much of an impact tonight if he plays, but looking to look towards the future, he's huge for them. And yeah, it's a massive two-game homestead here for Oregon. Both Arizona schools, you beat them both, you're suddenly back in the tournament picture. But Matt, Arizona State, I, I, I'm still a little bit of a believer in this team. They're 4-1 in the Pac-12. They swept the Washington schools to bounce back from that San Francisco loss. And their defense rocks. They're fourth nationally in two-point field goal percentage defense. Uh, the Ducks score inside. They score at the foul line. They score off the off the boards. I think Arizona State can def- defend that. They're extremely athletic. I lean their way at plus five. Yeah, it's basically a battle of the front courts, right, until you have a healthy and fully intact Oregon backcourt, which just isn't the case right now, even though it's getting closer. And I do lean the Sun Devils just from that angle. Um, man, I'm tempted to take them at five at the current price, but not really in the mood to counterpunch. Um, especially on Pac-12. Man, Pac-12 weird stuff just happens in that league. Like, don't bet that conference unless you have a really, really strong certified edge. That's all I'll say there. Uh, but we'll stay in that conference as we continue to break it down and pretend like we know what's going to happen, Kai. UCLA hosting Utah. 
just uh, just across town there in La La Land. The Utes coming to town, catching 12. Felt high to me at first glance. My handicap, yep. high was this. USC just closed, what, 11 at uh, UCLA, a game that they were down big, came all the way back. Mm. And uh, I think Utah's better than USC. So kind of Ooh. a comparable closing spread. I think Utah They're can play. Close. Can play. Uh, yeah, I'm probably biased for Utah. I think Utah keeps us competitive. Keeps inside the number. That's my take. No, nah, spread felt big to me. Uh, I'm already Bailey's still out for UCLA. They're one and two against the spread without him. A one point win over Washington State, a two point win over USC. So he he matters somewhat for this team. Now they're still good besides him, but if you're looking for small edges, I think that is one of them. Utah's off that tough Oregon loss that we talked about earlier. They have two chances here to get uh, quality wins against the LA schools on the road. Moving sort of move into sort of a controlling position in the league. Their defense is real. They're disciplined. They're well connected. They're well coached. But UCLA's is too, Jim. Because of that, I, I think this game has a good chance of staying low possession. I think it has a good chance of staying low scoring. Hence, I like Utah here as a double-digit dog. Worth noting, they have not lost a game by more than 10 this season, Utah. Good squad. Really well-coached squad. Um, yeah, it feels a little rock fighty too, Kai, like you said. Hmm. Uh, two fantastic defenses. UCLA's bottom 15 in the country in three-point attempt rate. They just don't really like shooting threes. They don't have Bailey, who's another little like kind of offensive juice for them. And you can't score at the rim against Utah. Uh, Carlson has been a total rim protection star. Uh, I think UCLA might s- struggle to score in that scenario. They've got a couple of bodies to to guard Haquez in the mid post. Maybe not like ideal matchups, but I think Marco Anthony can give him a little bit of uh, problems. This felt too high to me. I like Utah. Um, I know I've been on the fence a lot on this outline. This is one I actually like. I think the Utes, uh, it's just too many points, Matthew. Yeah, they almost beat him last year at home. I mean, Grant, at home is a big deal when you're talking about the the mountain schools, but almost beat him last year without Mr. Carlson. So I got to think he'll matter in this one. And you guys mentioned how this played to 57 possessions last year. Yeah. Uh, uber, uber slow. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. Well, that's good for the Utes. So hopefully it stays that way tonight. I might do a money line sprinkle. So we'll see. Be, be sure to clip this part right out if Utah wins. <laughs> yeah, but throw it in the uh, throw it in the archives if uh, if UCLA wins by thirty. <laughs> um, final Pac-12 tilt: Washington hosting Stanford. Uh, unsurprisingly, well, I guess surprisingly, the consistent Stanford money that we have seen has finally flipped to the other side, and Washington took money. Oh, now it's now it's back down to minus two. So Washington was minus two open. I think I bet up to minus three. Now it's back to minus two. So again, Jim, people still betting Stanford for reasons I am unclear. Just the talent's going to show up at some point, Matt. I, I right? don't get it. Maybe <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Hass is eight and two against the spread against Hopkins. I, this is I was like, okay. oh, I don't want to trust either coach here, but wow. maybe there's something to that where uh, he's kind of figured out the zone a little bit and uh, just kind of knows how to engineer against what Hopkins likes to adjust to. Not strong enough for me to want to just back Stanford, Kai. I I just don't think either of these these two teams are consistent enough to where I want to get involved at this point in the season, um, trying to sharpen down volume. Uh, Stanford and Washington, I'll leave them. They're, they can play all their games this season, and I will probably stay away from those. Yeah, Stanford's 0-5 in conference. Washington's 1-5. Something's got to give. Jared Hass is probably gone at the end of the season. I mean, it's become ridiculous how how far Stanford's fallen. Now, they are the most unlucky team in Kempom, per his website, if you buy into that sort of thing. They're a top 100 team per his site, despite being 5-10, and 10, despite having no wins, despite just losing to Cal. They're 6-9 and nine against the numbers, so I'm kind of putting the luck thing to the side a little bit. And I've seen this team live too many times to know they're not that good. Um, the Huskies have fallen off, though, Matt. 
They've lost five straight against good competition. Can't back them either. In theory, the 2-3 zone should be pretty good against Stanford, who can't shoot and is not really a dominating offensive rebounding team. But Washington State, Washington's offense isn't good either. Stanford's physical. Two's a fair line. I got nothing. Yeah, I inclined to lay it, but I just can't. It's still Washington, right? Like, it's still Mike Hopkins, and that's never a trustworthy investment. That's all I'll say. Hey, let's get a chat mob round two, Jimbo. Back at you. Right back at you, Matt, to finish up the Pac-12. feel like we'll put a bow on it here. Good. Arizona laying 15 and a half on the road yeah. at the Beavers. Uh, Wisconsin, or, uh, the Wildcats off a loss to Washington State. Do you want to get the angry, angry Wildcats at the Beavers? Certainly it feels like a good spot to back them, um, but I don't know. Oregon State, Wayne Tinkle in a really, really high pump spot. You know, we saw them play really well against Duke in the PK-85. I just think that he has a few tricks up his sleeve. Their junk defenses, just kind of a, you know, you, you go into that place and you're just sleeping. I, I wouldn't lay it. I just almost say, just got weird vibes fading Wayne Tinkle in a high pump spot. Yeah, that's going to be, they're going to drag that game into the muck. It's like, they're not going to let Arizona play their beautiful Hoga Bonito up and down type of stuff. Uh, all right, Kai, another ASUN question that's been asked about a lot in the chat. Bellarmine laying two, hosting Stetson. A lot of love for Stetson in the chat. They've been kind of on fire lately. Do you think this is another good time to back them? Yeah, and I don't get it. I don't get how they're so good, but they are. They're they're really well coached. They're they're hitting shots. That that's probably the main reason. Uh and they do have some athleticism on their team as well. Bellarmine tends to struggle with that. I'm not fading Stetson at this point, and I, I've loved Bellarmine most of the year, but with their injuries, they've looked a, bit, a little bit of a weaker team. I'd probably lean towards Stetson at plus two or nothing in this game. Luke Brown, former Hoosier Land sharpshooter, baby. Ball State mm-hmm. defector, kick and stroke 50% it. from three. Yeah, he's ridiculous. 50%, not uh, bad. Yeah. All right, a two-pack from Matt Balte and others, uh, other people asking about the, uh, both these games. Matt, San Francisco minus two at Portland. Injury questions on both sides. Yeah. Zane Meeks for the Dons. Uh, Portland's still trying to get Moses Wood back. Tyler <clears> Robertson <throat> returned last game. Uh, Portland got absolutely embarrassed last game. Do they get uh, a better effort here against the Dons? Yeah, this one seems too good to be true, but sometimes those are actually just good. And I think the Dons feel like the right side here, given the state mentally and physically that Portland's in. Not a huge travel. I think the Dons are competent. And even if Meeks is out or hobbled um, while Meeks is pretty damn important. I, I still think they're deep enough to overcome uh, his absence. If he is out. Yeah. Likens has given that golden and girl of sin tree some issues. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, they played back to back last year. I think they almost lost both. They won barely at home and then they got beat on the road. Yep. Exactly. Or vice versa. Yeah. All right. Uh, a pair from the Sunbelt. Kai, you get James Madison laying two and a half at South Alabama. Man, I, I this felt like shootout to me. Both teams are mm. shooting and allowing less than 25% from three in league play. Like it just feels like both sides are so due for actual made shots. My number leaned towards South Alabama, and I politely passed because fading James Madison is not fun. Is Votto Morris back? Has he played in a he while? He did. He did return. He is. Yeah, he did. Back, yeah. yeah. But I'm not fading not James Madison. Side. No thanks. So I stayed away. All right, Matt, two teams that have been total juggernauts uh, as they transition from CUSA to Sunbelt. Southern Miss getting eight points at Marshall. We know Marshall at home is rather terrifying. Um, Southern Miss is really, really good, too. Is eight points too many for them? Felt like too many, but I respect Marshall, and I respect their home. Just look at their home road splits this year. Their only um, non-dominant efforts have been outside of their own building. So I, I just wouldn't fade Marshall at home. I know Southern Miss has been awesome, and eight feels like a mountain to climb against that team, but Marshall is a team that can climb it. Um, and it'll be a pretty up and down game. So I think eight 
feels high, but it probably is plays more to like six in a normal pace type game. Yep. Um, all right. From Harry R and others, Kai Youngstown laying 15 and a <clears> half <throat> at IUPUI. We talked about this a little on our action show. I think fading IUPUI first half is, is really more the way to go here. Yeah. Uh, I took Detroit guys. Everyone likes Youngstown here. Oh, I know. Sorry. Yeah. I, I meant Purdue Fort Wayne laying 15 and a half at IUPUI. Apologies. Oh, Sorry, I crossed, we, I crossed the streams there. Are we doing Youngstown or are we doing Fort Wayne? Uh, Fort Wayne was the one that got asked about. The oh, okay. Well, hit yeah, Detroit. Uh, I lean towards Fort Wayne. I didn't take it. IUPUI has been backdooring a lot of covers. It's been very frustrating to fade them. Yeah, Fort yeah, Wayne off a loss, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would tend to go Fort Wayne angry first half there and then probably falls asleep. Uh, yeah, Kai, why not answer Youngstown as well? Youngstown lane two at Detroit. Yeah, I took Detroit. Um, not great reasons here. I, I don't think they're bad. I think they're a pretty good team. I think Gerald Liddell could be back, should be back. His forum implies that he is. I have been batting like zero, guessing if injuries are back. I mean, Hunter Couture yesterday, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> don't always believe quotes. I, I would say don't bet a game solely for injury reasons, but add to your bet if you already liked it plus injury reasons um nodding emphatically to that i think yes. detroit can win this game though <laughs> youngstown's a different team on the road they're really good but i'm leaning to detroit all right maddie in the big sky northern colorado at sacramento state i have been driven absolutely mad by northern colorado this year um trying to get the updated line here i'm spelling sacramento wrong in my control f uh, sacramento state lane four at home <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to take the home Hornets, David Patrick, and our boy, Cal McRae, seven foot two monster. He will have absolutely no resistance inside against this Northern Colorado front line, which is basically what Riley Abercrombie, who's effectively an inverse inside out forward guy. Um, however, I do think Northern Colorado is like at the lowest of, of value points. So selling them now feels like a poor timing. Yeah, it's, they're just bad. They've got some they're just bad, or you keep selling them. Yeah, that also works too. <laughs> Uh, all right, Kai, back to the Sun Belt. Troy laying two and a half at Georgia State. I stubbornly believe a little bit in Georgia State, even though they are the brickiest of all bricky shooting teams. In the they are so world. bad at shooting. So bad at shooting. Horrific shooting tolerate. team. They're like South yep. Florida last year. Um, do you trust the Panthers or are you leaning more towards the Trojans? Uh, I don't trust the Panthers. So I, again, said no thank you to a Sun Belt edge in a number, and I passed on this game. Uh, Georgia State in the past, I would take this for sure this year. They're so terrible shooting the ball, and I like this Troy team a lot, and they're very well coached, so I stayed away. Troy's incredible. Scott Cross is insane. I don't understand it. 3-1 in this conference could easily be 4-0, and their best player hasn't played in forever. Makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Minnesota, Buckeyes laying 14.5 at home. Zed Key's status still up in the air. I would imagine they sit him with a an eye on the big yeah. Rutgers rematch over the weekend. Any Any lean for you here in this game? I kind of like Minnesota. I, I hate that, but they, you know, probably should have beaten Nebraska last game at home. Not that that's some monumental achievement, but still, they were easily in that game and they took Wisconsin to three points despite the fact Wisconsin was shorthanded. Still, I think we're seeing a more competitive and a healthier Gopher team that's a little bit undervalued, I would say. I'd lean toward Gophers in a conference game. Are you surprised yeah, it opens so low? Yeah. Is that because of key, I guess? Key influence. Yeah. yeah. Guess. Oh, I thought it was. Ken Pop's got it 18 for reference. It's ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Jamison Battle's starting to play a lot better. Um, he was clearly yeah, banged legit. up as he he's returned. Um, so that also kind of makes me lean towards over. Uh, they've been a lot more point producing since he's been back in the game uh, or back in uh, back in his zone. 
Kai Pepperdine San Diego total from the Paris 157 Don't care points. what it is. Over? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, Pepperdine's offense under. hasn't yeah. been as sharp lately, but like you're going to get up and down, and San Diego's defense is horrible. They don't mm-hmm. try. They don't care about it. All right, Matt. In the summit, Oral Bob laying 15 at home to Western Illinois. That feels a tad high, too. I just think these dogs are going to give them their best shot the way UMKC did over the weekend. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. But, man, this poor Roberts team is all the way legit. Like, the fact they actually have a rim protector in Vanover this year and they are balanced on both sides. I, I think they're – if they were like the team they were two years ago where they could just kind of go through defensive lapses and the back door would be open, I would agree with that. But I think they actually can stop people this year. The best even so far right now on the summit um, in conference play. So, didn't fade them. Not trying to. All right, Kai, Texas A&M Commerce is laying four on the road at Houston Christian. Southland has been almost a, an entirely whack-a-mole conference. Yep. Uh, Houston Christian is hard to figure out. Any thoughts on this one? Uh, weird place to play. The gym is like, I think, less than 2,000 people, maybe even less than that. It's like a middle school gym. I think that tends to give them a bit of an advantage. It's a right. it's a weird spot for teams to go to, but Commerce is much better, and, and they should be able to cover this game by four. I didn't take it. Um, but that's kind of like an obvious capping thing. It's like, oh, Commerce, way better, minus four. Christian, Christian's terrible. It's basketball, though, Jim. It's not straightforward. Yeah, Commerce has been a big-time under team for me, but Houston Christian's like the ultimate over. I also think that Tiny Jim is like the, the best shooting background, yes. so teams just consistently knock down shots there, uh, and Houston Christian is a layup line. All right, last one, Matt. I believe last one. Uh, Robert Morris getting five and a half at Oakland. The Golden Grizz have surged to uh, maybe the top of the standings. They're they back. actually look like a true contender. But is this too many points against a Rob Mo team that looks a lot more competent? Uh, I don't think it is, but I've had Oakland in the clouds as I have since, I don't know, 2018, it seems like. But, you know, choosing when they actually play to that rating is never an easy task. They have recently. I think now is the point where maybe they show a little bit of not vulnerability or cracks, but they've hit the peak of their value. So I'm no play for me. Uh, and just saw Ibrahim ask about Wright State and Green Bay. I think Wright State Eep. smashes them. Smashes, I agree. Personally, but uh, I felt like totally anecdotally, I need to look at the covers data for this. I felt like dogs were super strong yesterday. Um, so uh, maybe maybe that gives me a little bit of spook. Let's see. Dogs were 33 and 29 yesterday. So not anything totally crazy. All right, uh, let's get to best bets here. I guess I'm leading off with Weber State and Montana under. Going back to the well, Montana under. Super, super slow team. I don't I don't want to believe their defense is as bad as it's looked right now. I think they're going to be a little stronger as big sky play wears on. And Weber State also um, willing to play slow games. So I, I think this one tempo is, is the big part of it. Uh, 134 and a half was the number I had last seen. Let's make sure that's what it is. 134 and a half. Yep. So under 134 and a half is my under there. Matt, your best bet. Like that. I've been uh, missing on Weber and Montana totals. Uh, so hopefully when they match up, we'll get that one right. Uh, I am. What's my best bet? Can I go to you? I forgot my best bet already. Your bet bet is, what is in, it? in the state of Kentucky, right? Northern? It's Northern Kentucky. Man. Northern Kentucky, the Norris. Well, Jim, actually, they're traveling on the road up to your old stopping grounds, playing Milwaukee, the Panthers, who have uh, shocking what a good coach can do. They are now five and one and the league and the remnants of last year's roster are actually taking hold of like the alpha dogs on that team, like Browning and, uh, and I like Thomas as well. But anyway, Milwaukee's playing a lot better, well-coached. 
I just think they should not be favored against the the favorite, maybe the best team in this conference, uh, the Norse um, battle of two top teams of the league. There's no real risk at like a road letdown here. And we just saw Milwaukee struggle with Oakland zone. I think Milwaukee's offense um, hits a little bit of a lull against or the Kentucky zone first time they've seen it this season. So take the Norse pick. Plus one. Plus one. Okay. Take that hook point, accepted. Take that point. Hook accepted. Point is double hook really accepted, accepted, I guess. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> hook on money line, I guess. Yeah. Uh yeah. My best bet is Eastern Kentucky plus three. Uh a good team that's getting better in A Sun play. They're strong at home. They beat Liberty, Queens, Greensboro, and Radford at home this year. Pretty impressive. They're four and oh in one push at home against the spread. Uh I am a big fan of Gulf Coast in general, but they're not the same team on the road. They lost to Austin P. Needed overtime to beat Central Arkansas on the road. They're three and five against the spread away from their place on true intro road games. And I just don't think they're that much better than Eastern Kentucky on a neutral. I don't buy that Florida Gulf coast is six or seven points better than this team. So spreads too high. EKE plus three for me. Also yeah, down to your Bishop team. last game too. Kai extra. They're super deep. They can probably survive that, deep. but yeah, I'll take it, Matt. I will take it. That's all we have. That concludes our program. We are off tomorrow. I'm Ron Burgundy. We are on tomorrow. Come back and join us at the same time on Sunday. So you get back-to-back week, Friday, Saturday, taking you into the weekend. Uh, That's 12 Central, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific. Good luck tonight. Come back and join us tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.